Welcome to Dispatches, the official podcast for the Journal of the American Revolution. The Journal of the American Revolution publishes weekly online at www.allthingsliberty.com. For the latest in research, reviews, and commentaries, America's Most Important History is available free of charge at the Journal of the American Revolution. The American Southwest has intimate ties with American colonial history, with a colonial experience, um, and that is evident in uh, the Revolutionary War as well. That's Journal of the American Revolution contributor George Kotlick talking about the role of Texas in the American Revolution, and he's our guest today. I'm Brady Kreitzer, and this is Dispatches. This episode is brought to you by West Home Publishing. Publishers of To the End of the World, Nathaniel Green, Charles Cornwallis, and The Race to the Dan by Andrew Waters. Available now wherever books are sold. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to another episode of Dispatches. I'm your host, Brady Kreitzer. On today's episode, we're rejoined by longtime Journal of the American Revolution contributor George Kotlick, this time discussing the role of Texas in the American Revolution. Now, if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, or of course you've been to the Journal of the American Revolution website, www.allthingsliberty.com, you'll know that George Kotlick is our resident expert on everything involving uh, British East and West Florida, Spanish Louisiana, and its role in the American Revolution. Um, he's also now expanded his... Uh, his purview, into the role of Texas in the American Revolution, which is very fitting, and he approaches it with an expert's eye. His work is always top-notch and really sorely needed on some of the, the most misunderstood parts of the American Revolution. I love this article. I love this interview. And I learned a lot that I didn't know before. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our interview with George Kotlick. George Kotlick, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Tell us about your background. Uh, so uh, I started writing for the journal a couple years back. Um, I specialize in um, Southwest, uh, the American Southwest and the Revolutionary War and um, the extreme South. Uh, so that encompasses East Florida and West Florida uh, and Louisiana. Um, I studied uh, British colonial North American history at Oxford University. Um, so I've, I've dabbled in, uh, revolutionary war history now for, for a few years now. What first drew your interest into this topic? Well, that's a good question. Um, when growing up, I always remember reading about accounts of the revolutionary war that happened in the Northern colonies. Um, but I never knew that anything existed on the Southern colonies and, and, in Florida and, and Louisiana. Um, and, and so that drew me, that, that mystery kind of drew me and, and was like, well, what happened? Um, wh what happened? How come nobody's talking about this? And, and so I, my work seeks to kind of bridge that gap. What was the status of Texas prior to the American revolution? Yeah. Texas before the revolution was a sparsely populated frontier colony. Um, it existed on the outer fringe of the Spanish Empire. Um, 
it was populated by about 3,000 people by the time of the American Revolution. Um, there were three main civil settlements uh, that existed uh, in Texas at the time. Um, there were s some smaller villages, but, but on the whole, there was only three major uh, settlements. Um, it was mostly um, inhabited by uh, ranchers, uh, rural farmers, um, and they had lots of problems with the Native Americans. Who lived in Texas and how did they live? Yes, uh, so mainly ranchers lived in Texas, government officials, soldiers. Uh, they comprised um, a majority of the Texas population. Um, they mostly did uh, ranch work. They, they specialized in, in herding cattle. I mean, there was, by the American Revolution, they, they had just thousands of cattle uh, just roaming the Texas plains. Um, that was what that colony specialized in at the time. Uh, was was the raising of cattle. What was New Spain's official policy toward the American Revolution? Yeah, so um, Spain initially, I mean, 1776 and 1779, Spain did not enter the war until 1779. Spain wanted uh, to remain neutral. Uh, she wanted to be seen as neutral. Um, that was important. Um, she didn't want to... She, now, she was obviously sympathetic towards the, the American rebels. Um, Spain did not... I mean, Spain and Britain had a long history of animosity. I mean, they... They did not, they were not bed, uh, bedfellows uh, in any sense of the word. Um, so, but Spain did not want to enter a conflict with Britain until the time was right. So they kind of, they, they wanted to remain neutral in the beginning, um, but they helped the Americans on the side. So like in the case of Louisiana, uh, Bernardo de Galvez, who was the governor of Spanish Louisiana, um, he entertained Oliver Pollock, who was uh, a representative from the Continental Congress, and they worked together to um, kind of build a relationship between the United States and the Spanish Empire. So he did that kind of covertly. Now, when the British found out, um, they, they accused him of harboring uh, American uh, rebels. They accused him of being a sympathizer. And he's like, no, no, you know, we're, we're still neutral. We're we're you know, we're not your enemy. We're, we, we want no involvement in this conflict. Now that was before 1779. After 1779, and once Spain entered into the war, then it was, okay, we want to weaken Britain as a superpower. We, we want to diminish their uh, stance, uh, their power, and the American Revolution is the perfect opportunity to strike a blow. Who led the Spanish war effort to aid the Americans? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. So Bernardo de Galvez was the governor of um, Louisiana during the American Revolution. Um, Galvez was the son of, uh, he was part of a family uh, that, that was extremely influential. I mean, they were aristocrats. Um, they, his father and uh, his family had ruled New Spain, the uh, uh, the government of New Spain, the vice royalty of New Spain, which was um, Spain's uh, government in the Americas that encompassed uh, the northern part of their American possessions. Um, and I can talk more about that here in a minute. But but so so they kind of ruled over what was then called New Spain. So uh, he, he gained an appointment as Louisiana's governor when the American Revolution rolled around. Uh, he set his gaze on 
British West Florida. He wanted to seize it and, and bring it back under Spanish domain. Now, what he did uh, prior to actually invading, uh, yeah, prior to invading, he built up an army. He built, uh, he, he amassed thousands of soldiers, raised militias, amassed, he amassed a lot of men. Uh, by the time uh, 1781 rolled around and he en- ended up taking uh, Pensacola, the capital of British West Florida, he had amassed 7,000 men. But in the beginning, he, he, but he was doing to not, I mean, the British knew what was going on. They, they were aware that he was uh, raising men and his defenses. Um, but, uh, he did it kind of, uh, yeah, no, don't worry about this. You know, we're just kind of, we're just fiddling around over here. Don't worry about us. That, that was kind of their whole attitude towards, uh, the British in the pre, uh, in the pre 1779, um, days. But then once, uh, Spain declared war, he mobilized his forces and then he began, uh, invading, um, British West Florida. It took, uh, two years for them to reach Pensacola. Um, he had gathered, uh, Galvez had, um, administered the entire, uh, invasion and he had to orchestrate, um, the arrival of many troops from different parts of New Spain. So troops were sent from Havana, French soldiers were even used to capture, uh, British West Florida's capital. So, I mean, he had a big job on his hands to try and, uh, wrangle, uh, British, West Florida from uh, the British. Uh, in doing so, um, what he did was uh, he went to Texas to try and secure food to feed his army. Now, um, prior to that, I, without Texas cattle, uh, there, I I don't really know how he would have fed his troops, but uh, no real no evidence really points to to anything that talks about that. Um, but but in any case, uh, Texas cattle ended up feeding his men. Uh, and helping them win uh, British East Florida for Spain. Talk about the role of Texas cattle in Spain's war effort. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, like I alluded to earlier, um, I don't know what Galvez would have done had he not had cattle. Now, that would have pointed to, had we known that information, that would have um, pointed to um, the significance uh, of the cattle. But but without that information, I mean, they're significant in their own right. I mean, thousands of Texas cattle were herded from Texas to Louisiana. Uh, in total, they herded 10 to 15,000 heads um, all the way from Texas to Louisiana. Now, now in this to, in, by today's standards, you could just drive on the highway and everything's safe, and, and uh, you know you'll you'll get to the other, you'll get from Texas to Louisiana in like a, a few days. But back then, there was no roads. Uh, Indians roamed the Texas frontier. Um, in fact, in provincial Texas during the Revolutionary War, um, Indian war parties were a constant threat to the Spanish. I mean, they needed uh, the Spanish needed a active garrison that lived in the province to constantly repel Indian attacks. So it was extremely perilous for these ranchers to move all this cattle from Texas to um, Galvez's army. Um, on one occasion, uh, the uh, cattle that was a large herd of cattle was um, attacked and beset upon by Indian raiders. And it, it actually stopped said cattle from arriving on time. Uh, so there was a logistical component to um, 
the, to managing such large numbers of, uh, of cattle. Discuss the logistical problems of moving these cattle from one place to another. Yeah, so um, one of the challenges was, um, was Indian attacks. Um, another was um, in uh, administering uh, the entire process of moving said cattle. Uh, when Galvez first sent an emissary to Texas to notify them of, okay, hey, uh, we need cattle. Um, can you provide us with cattle? He sent an emissary. Um, his name escapes me right now, but um, he, he goes to Texas, the emissary, and he says, uh, you know, we need cattle. Uh, the Texas officials go, okay, that's great. Uh, we'll start rounding them up. They start rounding them up. And then, uh, once they get a sufficient amount to kind of send to Galvez for his first order, um, Galvez's emissary is no longer there. He, he just left. He went back to, uh, to Louisiana. Now, uh, Texas officials were, were kind of like in Texas with all this cattle and, and nobody, they, they, they had thought that Galvez's emissary would, um, escort and, and kind of manage the transfer of all this cattle uh, between Spanish colonies. Uh, but, but he just wasn't there for that. So, uh, I mean, they managed uh, without that, without um, Galvez's man. Um, but um, in the end, that was, it was difficult. Uh, you can imagine for, for these officials who uh, had to kind of create now um, a role to manage said, uh, uh, set affairs and and that's especially taxing for a frontier province whose resources uh, were were probably fairly limited uh, so so that was one problem. Um, another problem was one of the largest ranches in Texas uh, could not supply cattle so when when you have one of your largest suppliers uh, suddenly tell you like hey we can't um, we can't provide you with any cattle. Well, now they had a problem with that because then they had to look around uh, to find and scrape up um, cattle from outlying ranches. So that was uh, another problem, um, you know, adding to um, exposing yourself now to a greater risk of getting attacked by Indians um, and, and so forth. So, so that was another problem. Uh, the Indians, though, were probably the largest problem that stood in the way of optimal delivery of Texas cattle uh, and, and, and they're bringing to Galvez. The Indians, uh, in addition to raiding uh, herds that moved from Texas to Louisiana, they also threatened frontier pro uh, settlements and ranches uh, in Texas. So because, so since the main ranch now, uh, the, the aforementioned main ranch couldn't really produce any cattle, um, now, officials, Texas officials had to rely on outlying settlements for cattle. Uh, but here's the thing. Those outlying settlements were being threatened by Indians. Uh, now, ranchers were too scared to tend to their herds. Uh, herds would just get lost. Uh, and, and that just compounded the problem of uh, amassing a sufficient amount of Texas cattle. So, so those, uh, I hope that answered your question. Those, those are all the, the problems that they had, the difficulties. Besides cows, uh, how else did Texas help the Patriot cause? Yeah. So, um, during the revolutionary war, um, Texas raised, uh, large amounts of money, uh, that was sent to, um, the American colonies. Uh, I know, um, 
some of those finances ended up paying for Admiral de Grasse's fleet. Um, and, and that, that's kind of, um, component in and of itself. How does this article help us to understand the revolutionary era better? Yeah. Um, I, it shows that, um, that's a great question. It shows that the American revolution was far more than simply uh, the conflict between 13 original colonies and Great Britain. I mean, it encompassed peoples from a wide variety of different backgrounds. It was an international conflict. Uh, it was also a local conflict. I mean, the American Southwest has intimate ties with American colonial history, with a colonial experience. Um, and that is evident in uh, the Revolutionary War as well, especially with Texas's connection to the American Revolution, to, uh, from cattle, from the raising of these uh, finances to help the Americans win their independence. So I think uh, that is probably uh, the greatest contribution that uh, knowledge of, of Texas uh, has in, in our understanding of the revolutionary era. George Kotlick, thanks again. Thank you. The music played in this episode included works by Kevin McLeod and the Sturbridge Colonial Militia. Any unauthorized reproduction or use of this podcast without the express written permission of the Journal of the American Revolution is strictly prohibited. For everyone here at Dispatches, I'm Brady Kreitzer saying so long.